Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. So what are we looking at today? Commercials, which you have probably seen when you were sitting watching Saturday morning cartoons and they had a bunch of cereal commercials. So we're looking at cereal commercials. Various versions are probably embedded into your head because if you watched cartoons, this this applies to anybody of any age. Are monsters at advertising? Well, this is it. This this applies to anybody of any age. You could be sixty five, or you can probably nowadays still, or you can be like seven, and serial commercials will still be pounding in your ear. They've taken kind of different forms as we'll go through here because you sound like a final boss or something. <laughs> These commercials have kind of gone through like, well, I guess it's because of the various rules that have existed around selling to kids. So they've evolved in certain ways. But yeah, that's part of this whole gig. So let's just get into it. Let's get to the first one. So this one's a little long because it's actually two commercials, but it's a series. So here we go. I wonder if it's too quiet for the big crunch of Cocoa Puffs, the chocolatey part of this complete breakfast. Oh, I'm cuckoo for these big chocolatey crunchy puffs. Uh oh. Now Sonny's. Oops, sorry. Now Sonny's in jail for crunching Cocoa Puffs too loud in Husville. Will he get out? Last time, Sonny was thrown in jail for crunching Cocoa Puffs in Husville. Now he must face the king. Sonny's writing him a note. It says Cocoa Puffs have king-sized crunch. And the king has asked for Cocoa Puffs, the chocolatey part of this complete breakfast. Here goes. Yahoo! These Cocoa Puffs are great. Free that Cocoa Puffs. Now Hushville's got a new name. Chocolate Crunchville. Kids, now you can get your own Hushville pad in specially marked boxes of Cocoa Puffs. Wow. That is an interesting commercial. That was pretty full. Yeah. It's, you know, it's weird. Like the first half of the commercial, because it was two separate commercials. You were like, as a kid watching and go, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? But there's not really much Cocoa Puffs on display in the first part of the commercial. Yeah, like I the guess. Backstory. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of a long tail thing here. So it's a nice commercial. So basically in this, Sonny's just walking through kind of this idyllic little town. It looks like a hobbit town kind of thing. I don't know. It looks medieval in some kind of way. It just it has a king and everything. Yeah, I guess it's called Ville or whatever. Anyway, he's walking to this little town and he's crunches a few times his Cocoa Puffs because, you know, he always just walks around with a bowl of Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> no problems because he's, he's mad. So he eats some crunches. Everybody tells him to hush and to hush. And then at the end of the first commercial, it shows him in jail because he's been apprehended by the local authorities for crunching too loud. Guys with spears. Yeah. It's a dungeon. Yeah. He's in a dungeon. He's not just in jail. He's in a dungeon. It looks like a mix of medieval plus 1950s suburbs. 
Yeah, it, it's a weird kind of look to it because when he has to present himself to the king of Hushville, the king has an electronic sign saying, be quiet. But then he's also got like candles and he's got a crown and everybody's dressed up like peasants. So there's a lot of anachronisms going on here. Anyway, he approaches the king who is very angry looking and he hands him a piece of paper that says Cocoa Puffs have a lot of taste or whatever. So then he asks him to bring the Cocoa Puffs. He brings in Cocoa Puffs. The king crunches them, goes nuts. Uh, well, he goes cuckoo. And he starts jumping around and then everybody gets really excited and happy and they release Sonny the bird. And then the king at the end crosses off the sign that says, welcome to Hushville. He gets rid of the word Hushville and puts chocolate Crunchville. And then we just see a box of real Cocoa Puffs and a box of real cereal as part of your balanced breakfast. <laughs> and that's the end of the commercial. Sorry, that was a little dry. It, kind of long. it was lot. It's like not the second long. one. The second half had a, a lot in it. It's the first one I could see like a commercial. The second one was like, wow, this is showing a lot in there. Showing yeah. a lot, like a lot of chocolatey taste in the Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. So the difference between the first one and the second one is that it's very much a setup and it looks like I'm watching a cartoon. The second one looks a little bit more like I'm watching an ad for Cocoa Puffs because it shows me real life Cocoa Puffs as the story kind of progresses. So it's a good little commercial. It's enjoyable. It's like watching a cartoon, basically. So, yeah. so the history of Cocoa Puffs. It started off as the boring version called Kick Cereal. Kick Cereal was invented during the Depression from the General Mills Company. They had a research department where they invented the puffing gun. And instead of the flat flakes, you use the puffing gun and it puffed up the wheat. And that's what it made these get. little balls, little round balls. That's cool. So Cocoa Puffs itself was introduced nationwide on August 14th, 1958 as a cocoa-flavored version of Kix cereal. But what made this one so special was the only cereal back then they used real chocolate from the Hershey's company, which you could never stop seeing, <laughs> even <laughs> into when we were kids, right? Yeah. Made with real Hershey's chocolate. I think they even said that in like a ton of the commercials. Made of real Hershey's cocoa! Hershey's kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't know, Joy. <laughs> Sorry, that's but, a bit harsh. Um, Hershey sucks. But afterwards, the, they had to make it more healthy and they lowered the sugar content. But in 2020, the company stated because of nostalgia purposes, they brought back the 1980s formulas of four of its cereals. Golden Grahams, Cookie Crisp, Trix, the fruit version of Kix, and Cocoa Puffs. Whenever I hear Golden Grams, I can't help but think of that bit with Homer singing Golden Grams. Those Golden Grams, those Golden Grams, crispy, crunchy Grams cereal, brand new breakfast treat. Yeah, uh, so as far as this commercial goes, Hushville has kind of a history, but a history of Sonny the Cuckoo Bird himself and advertising on Cocoa Puffs. Before him, there were just three generic children who were happy riding around in their bicycles or sledding or playing around with rings or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just any kind of childhood outdoor activities. Before what do kids do? Kids outside? got shoved inside. Cocoa Puffs for energy. Cocoa Puffs for fun. Chocolate flavor cereal. Yum, yum, yum. Cocoa Puffs. They were just on the box praising Cocoa Puffs and how it had real Hershey's chocolate. Real Hershey's chocolate. After, after they weren't cool enough anymore, 
the cuckoo bird himself was introduced in around 1962 or 1963. He wore a white and purple up and down pinstripe shirt. And he wore that for a lot of his tenure as okay. bird. He, his tenure, yeah, even in this commercial, he's wearing that. Yeah, he is. But in 2004, they just removed all his clothing. And now he's a naked orange now bird. Now he's just thing. a naked bird. I wonder why they did that. That's a really weird decision to have made. I don't know. I guess because he's a bird. I don't know. It's weird. But whatever. It doesn't matter. It's okay. not that big of a deal. And he's well known for his catchphrase. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, which is so ingrained into our society. We now kind of use it as a euphemism for <laughs> being really addicted to something or being mentally ill. <laughs> They've got to have made fun of this like a hundred times. Yeah, that's true. It is Early on, he was paired with his grandfather named Gramps. And he got his name Sonny because Gramps called him Sonny. Oh. The usual shtick was that they had some sort of problem, like they were in the middle of the ocean with a boat with a hole in it. And it's like, how do we get out of here? And Gramps would talk to the consumer and like, well, Sonny likes him some Cocoa Buffs. I'll just give him some and we'll get out of here. Then he <laughs> enables his grandson with his addiction. <laughs> he gives him Cocoa Puffs and then Sonny just goes, wahoo! cuckoo for cuckoo puffs and like turns into a propeller and flies away or something mm. just uh, plot convenience for the 30 seconds you have to give kids sugar right lost at sea a ship help they'll never hear him but Sonny can't resist cocoa puffs made with real cocoa I'll send them up as a cuckoo signal here boy cocoa puffs <laughs> makes breakfast <laughs> taste like chocolate yahoo I'm cool for cocoa puffs Gramps was eventually let go in the early 70s, but he briefly returned in the early 2010s. I don't even know what he I, like. Yeah, I don't know who Gramps is. That's really funny that Sonny's name got stuck with something like it's like, why is he named Sonny? old timey thing? Yeah, it's just like, like Sonny, yeah, yeah. when you say that, that makes a lot of sense of, oh, well, yeah, a guy would be calling him Sonny. Not like you know? Coco, the cuckoo bird or something. It's like Sonny, eh? Yeah. Wait, so, was, was Gramps a bird? I just imagined. Yeah, he was a bird. Man. I don't know why. I thought he was an old man. <laughs> why would he be an old man? Well, Sonny Why was, is a bird chatting? At that point, from 1963 to 1978, he was voiced by Chuck McCann, who I best know as Duckworth, Duck the Tins. butler. Remember his voice? Yeah, I remember his voice. What was it? Duckworth? I don't know. I think it was an English thing, right? So, yeah. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he did a bunch of stuff. Even in the 90s, he did stuff from Power of Girls and other stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's he, been around for a while. Yeah. Well, he's not around anymore. Oh, right. He returned to voice Gramps in the early 2010s when they brought him back because they liked the back and forth instead of Sonny just going crazy. <laughs> Google Court now in session. Hey, Order, you've got to keep Cocoa Puffs away from me. But, but why? It turns everything chocolatey and they make me go cuckoo. But Mr. McCann passed away in 2018. Aww. From 1978 and into now, he is voiced by Larry Kenny, who has a long history of voicing uh, radio, but he's probably best known to children as Lino from Thundercats. Lino, like thunder. Thunder. Yeah. And <laughs> after, after he got Sonny, he also got Count Chocula in 1979, which they discontinued, I think, in 2015. Or he came back in 2015. I don't know. I didn't research Count Chocolate. I researched Sonny. <laughs> All right. 
there were a few other people who voiced him too. Yeah, and he's been pretty much the same, just cooking for Cocoa Puffs since 1963. As far as this commercial, it was created by a man named Greg Victor. He was going to visual arts school where the ad agency Sachi and Sachi, who I think has come up in our uh, podcast they, before. They're one of the mo- They're a major agency. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what was the other one that you walked by and remembered? Chuck and Bogoski or something like that. Uh, Crispin Porter and Bogoski. Yeah, there Crispin we go. Porter. I, I just remember for some reason, like you're. I walked by it and I remember it because people remember that. Anyway, <laughs> the ad agency Sachi and Sachi came to recruit students at his school. If they finished the assignment and they thought it was good, they could get a job. Victor did get the job. <gasps> he started off low on the wrong as an illustrator, then he moved on quickly to storyboard artist and then creative director. Oh wow! When they got the General Mills account. Victor started working on it. He thought there were too many commercials with Sonny just going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because it didn't even have to do anything. He could be walking down the street and then he smelled like uh, an apple and was like, an apple, it's crunchy, crunchy. Like oh, yeah, that's right. Or he does like everything reminds He's fiending. Like, that's the problem. With <laughs> so, yeah, I remember yeah, that. I remember Larry that. Like, Ke- everything just is him going nuts for it. And it's unrelated. Yeah, bizarre stuff. Okay. Right. Larry Kenny said he remembered one in particular where he was in outer space or something. There's no sound in space. And then he still remembers how, oh, it's crunchy and chocolatey. Oh, and he goes crazy. It's funny. So Greg Victor was like, there's too many of him going crazy. What if we focus on some part of the cereal? He thought if it was really crunchy, why not put him in a quiet place? And then it would contrast with the crunch. So he created Hushville where loud noises were outlawed. So when Sonny just walks in with his bowl of food for some reason, he crunches it, just like you see in the commercial. He gets arrested, and it is later found out that the king has made it illegal in the the notes from Greg Victor. The king made loud noises illegal because he didn't like his own silly voice. Oh, that's sad. He does have a very silly voice, though. (laughs) Yeah, Victor voiced it in the pitch. He was replaced by a professional voice actor later. And the king's voice was based off Ed Wynn, which is his stage name. Yeah. I know him mostly as Disney's Mad Hatter in the 1950s. Yeah, it does sound exactly like that. So he's also the Mary Poppins laughing uh, uncle guy. Oh, yeah, he is that. I remember when I heard that, I was like, it's the Mad Hatter. I always remember him saying, for some reason, Babes in Toyland, this is astonishing. This is astonishing. This is astonishing. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the end of Hushville. Hushville, who later became Chocolatey Crunchville. That's a bad a name. Dilemma. Hushville's so much better. <laughs> there was a sequel called Return to Hushville, where the town had to decide whether it was more chocolatey or more crunchy. So the king had to ask Sonny to return and resolve the problem. And to pitch their new, more chocolatey-tastic taste, chocolate went out. And the king erased hmm. Crunchville from it. Say for yourself, Kingy! Oh. Yahoo! Listen, everyone! Now it's clear! It's the chocolate taste that makes Cocoa Puffs so good! And I guess there was no more Hushville. I like the whole. That's stupid. I actually like the whole uh, story. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with Greg, Greg Victor. Victor. He, he definitely did a really smart move there because it's uh, pretty stupid otherwise. Oh, okay. And I say stupid. That's story. really hard, but still oh, harsh. Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, who is still going on. Oh, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, um, that's a really weird like one. 
He's all right. But yeah, you, you he does get pretty irritating when you think about it like that. <laughs> Intriguing. All right. So let's move on to the next one of our brand new series called Retro Ad Review. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. Kellogg's Corn Flakes presents Cornelius Rooster. <laughs> Nothing gets you crowing in the morning like Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Part of this complete breakfast. Guess where I'm calling from. Your very own Blossom phone is $6.99 with two proofs from Kellogg's Corn Flakes. From my room! Okay, I really want to talk about that ending. <laughs> Remember that? Oh my god. Remember when it was really difficult to call from your room? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I just rem- I remember that ad in particular. <laughs> Not the ad for Cornelius Rooster, but they added that at the end of all theirs. It's like, oh my gosh. I remember the Cornelius Rooster commercial. That's that's the thing. I just forgot about this girl until she did that last bit. And then screamed I'm like, oh, I remember this. Yeesh. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that's embedded into my brain that just kind of gets like extracted out. When we're doing ad, this. That's what the serial ad agencies did well. Oh, it's messed up. All right. So there's not much that goes on this commercial, is there? Yeah, it's just basically the same shtick of uh, Cornelius Rooster. He's in his box and he pops out of his box. Then he's always trying to crow. That's his whole shtick. He's trying to crow, but something gets in the way. In this particular one, it is winter, and then when he tries to crow, it freezes. So, for plot convenience, he takes his cornflakes, eats it, gets enough power to crow, and his buddy, the sun, comes out, who is also a cool jazz guy with sunglasses. (laughs) He's got sunglasses on. The guy's uh, the voice makes him sound cooler than he probably is. Like, hey, Kellogg's cornflakes presents Cornelius Rooster. That's like a cool a, son. How's it a cool cat? Son? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So then he pops back in his box, and you he's able to are crow. going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, and then the commercial ends with a little girl. Because sorry, yeah, I just really want to say that bit. The, the, this is unrelated, obviously, to Kellogg's. It's just Kellogg's brand, but. At the time when this was aired, this commercial, if you want to find it online, is called Kellogg's Cornflakes Cornelius Rooster Commercial 1994. So this took place in 1994, and it shows a little girl on a really massive, ugly-looking, cheap plastic phone, and she's it's talking. To, she's talking to her friend, and the ad just shows the phone by itself. It the doesn't look. Phone. It doesn't look like it works. It says Blossom on it. So essentially, if you mailed in an order farm, you could possibly win this limited edition Blossom phone. And she's freaking out because she's making a phone call from her room rather than in the past when you'd have to make it from, you know, the living room if you wanted to talk to your friend. Like getting your own phone connection was a big deal. So this you didn't was, have privacy. You had to go to a pay phone if you wanted a private yeah, phone. You want, yeah, exactly. And no child is going to go to a pay phone. Not in the 90s. It was CD. Was that like Home Alone? He's going to call the cops from a treehouse? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, that's possible. <laughs> call the cops. He's not calling the- from a treehouse? Yeah, he can. Now you can call from your room. You can call from anywhere now. You can call from an abandoned payphone. Now um, the equivalent so- will be like, I'm calling from space. Ah! 
Yeah, that's that's it. That's actually no how dramatic. That's how dramatic this was. It's like if you were calling from space. I'm not being sarcastic. It's, it's kind of true. Um, all right. So about cornflakes itself, everyone has had cornflakes at some point in their lives, and it's not a fun cereal because while you're eating cornflakes, you're thinking, "Why isn't this frosted flakes?" <laughs> They're great. It's like I nothing. used to drink this. I used to get it. <laughs> I poured it in, and the first time I had it, I was like, this is boring. And then I got that weird flour bag of sugar and just... Yeah, and then you just it. pour sugar so into So I'm it. just scraping the bottom for spoonfuls of sugar with... Oh, uh, so disgusting. With cornflakes. It's genuinely disgusting, and that's actually what a lot of people did. Because, well, I say people, but children. Children are people too, but, you know, children love sugar. Um, so cornflakes don't cut... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so cornflakes as we know it, because it's not changed much since it was invented. It was invented in the Battle Creek Sanitarium, which is a wellness center that was run by Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. And he was a major advocate of clean living. He treated many famous patients at his sanitarium. He was a Seventh-day Adventist, and the sanitarium's diet was based on very clean living principles. So he encouraged a vegetarian diet, exercise, and abstinence of stimulants such as fats, grease, salt, spice. And he also encouraged the use of enemas to clean the digestive tract. Now, hearing this, it doesn't actually sound that bizarre because we've kind of gone full circle and we're kind of adopting all of these weirdo things as part of his diet. But the fact that there's no like fats, grease, salt, or spice just would lend itself to the idea that food probably tasted really boring. So the sanitarium probably doubled as a mental institution for people who went mad from boring eating. The reason why this was important was because the idea of healthy living, it started growing in popularity as previous diets included very large breakfasts of like meat, eggs, and, you know, other products at the Richard Hat and poor dietary food for the poor. So back then, prior to this healthy living period, this kind of Kellogg zone, we were farming, toiling away. So you'd have very large breakfasts, you'd have huge food, and you'd save your breakfasts to eat later too. So you could have some of what was left over from breakfast to eat. You needed all that energy. Yeah, you needed a lot of energy to farm, I guess, or to do a lot of labor. And you wouldn't have like a massive lunch and you wouldn't have a massive dinner. You would, well, you could, but like you would eat a lot of the food from your breakfast. So breakfast kind of just filtered into the rest of the day. But as industrialization was growing, these eating habits no longer suited the way that we consumed food and it was making people sick. So they're having large breakfasts and probably having large lunches and large dinners and very poor levels of nutrition. Yeah. So it just wasn't doing well for the body. So people started being attracted to this idea of these bland diets that Kellogg kind of promoted. So biologic diet. Yeah. So the way that Kellogg's cornflakes was made, there's a few different accounts, but it appeared to be kind of a happy accident that occurred in the kitchen. John and his brother, William, were running the sanitarium when they left out wheat and it went stale. So they used the wheat dough and then turned it into thin flakes. So the cereal ended up being a hit with patients. People really liked these bland, thin flakes. (laughs) And the brothers tried the same technique with other ingredients. And the one it worked best with was corn. Thus, cornflakes was born. But it's not all happy. The brothers fell out as William wanted to put sugar in the cereal, which clearly, as we've elaborated earlier, John objected to because he didn't believe that food should taste good. 
And he was on the very complete opposite side of William as well. He even gave the recipe away to crowds on principle. He didn't really care about profit. Fun fact of that, one of the patients at the sanitarium was a guy named Charles William Post, who is the founder of Post Cereals. And he was accused of stealing many of John's recipes. He like ripped off cornflakes with grape nuts. He produced and a lot of different things. substitute, post them. You call this post them? Post them. So anyway, William broke away from his brother and started what would become the Kellogg Company in 1906. And the timing worked out well as the highly scheduled lives under industrialization. People had less time to make those big fat meals from before, and they needed something ready or easy to make. So the cereals took the place of those big old breakfasts. So kind of still in that era, though, right? Yeah, we, we, love, in, take it. we love ready meals. That's just one of the big things that we're into. And we're also very fat. So well, at least in the to Will's sugar. industrialized world. So that's kind of the Kellogg story. So about Cornelius Rooster, he's a bit of an enigma, this, this bird. I mean, he doesn't really have much of a story, to be honest. But anyway, Will needed to do a lot of advertising for Kellogg's, and he needed to do a lot of different stunts to move his cereal products, because there were a lot of competitors in that Battle Creek area where his sanitarium was. So he did stuff like he encouraged women to wink at the store clerk in order to get discounts on boxes of cereal. It's a bit of a weird one. And he also did the first cereal box prize. I think you could get a book. Cool. Not a Blossom phone, but a book. And in 1907, he bought the rights to a picture of a woman hugging a corn stalk, which he called the sweetheart of the corn for advertising purposes. He called it that because they only use the sweetheart of the corn, the corn grit to make their food. So he, you know, he was a big, I wouldn't say he was like an advertising guru. I feel like there's a business school called Kellogg's, which I assume is related to him, but whatever. He, I think he started uh, philanthropy. I think he started a school or something. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of a well-known figure in sort of the business world. And because he wanted to push more and more and did all these kind of advertising things and some of these little stunts, he also wanted a mascot for his, his cereal, his cornflake cereal. And he particularly wanted a rooster. Because the Welsh word for rooster, Kilog, sounded a lot like his last name. I mean, that's a, good, of... that's a good enough reason, I guess. Yeah, I but rooster in the beginning of the day and all that. Well, that's what I was going to say. I would have thought it was something to do with, like, you kick off your day with cereal. Here's a rooster crowing in the morning. But it's just because it's... I don't know like how to pronounce name. that word. It's like Kelyog, Seliog. I would say it's Kelyog. He is Welsh, probably like Kelyog. I would say it's Kelyog. Yeah, Kelyog, maybe. Kaleog, um, like <laughs> something like that. Well, I don't know Welsh all that well. Anyway, so Cornelius, as we know him, was created by the Leo Burnett ad agency. They're also kind of known as the Critter Agency because they created a good few brand mascots like the Green Giant and Charlie the Tuna from Starkist. So they were probably pretty good at making this rooster. Cornelius Rooster made his debut in 1957. And he's changed very little since his debut. He's got a green body, a red comb, and a yellow beak. In the commercial we just watched, he had a scarf because it was winter, but that's pretty much the only thing that changes about him. He's just the rooster that's on the front of the box. Did he ever wear shoes? I don't know. Probably. I think I'm confusing him with like Chicken Boo, where he's wearing like different clothing or something, but I don't think he did. So in 2017 in Canada, he was given a Chinese year of the rooster design. So there's been some light variations on what's happened to Cornelius, but he's practically stayed the same. 
in the commercials, as we kind of said, he usually is trying to crow, but something gets in the way of him crowing. And then the bowl of cornflakes, once he eats it, allows him to crow. Yeah, uh, kind of like the Hushville. He went into a library and he was trying to crow. And then the, the librarian kept shushing him. Librarian to get out of here. Another Kellogg's Corn Flakes morning with Cornelius Brewster. So he rarely talks, but in some of the early commercials he did. I wish I could ride a dinosaur with Cornelius. Ride a dinosaur? <laughs> Boss, you're a wild one. That's kind of neat. But yeah, I feel like Cornelius was just, you know, he's a brand mascot. People know him. They wouldn't know his name. But they know him as the Kellogg's rooster. Yeah, that's rooster. it. Like he's he's not yeah, really, he's, he's not got much of a personality. He's more now. dignified than selling out to children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just wants us to eat bland yeah, stuff and not, because it's so bad we pour sugar into it. <laughs> it's it true though. With our digestive health or whatever, I don't know. Sure, whatever. It's corn. I don't think it's actually much nutritional value in cornflakes. That's why I don't consider it a healthy cereal. I want to eat it, but I think of it as a snack because I don't think it really does much for you. I mean, if you want cornflakes, but want it to taste good, just buy Frosted Flakes. All right. All right then. Let's move on to the last of the list. Yeah, I'm just going to play it. <laughs> Can't get enough of that golden crisp. Hey, sugar bear, he'll never get my golden crisp cereal in the Wild West. Howdy, Granny. Sugar Bear! Sorry, the Golden Crisp is mine. Granny's making tracks, but nothing comes between my tummy and the honey sweet crunch of Golden Crisp. It's part of a complete breakfast. Partner, lots more from the Sugar Bear store. You can get a cool radio, water bottle, and more. Free with proofs of purchase plus postage and handling. Details on marked boxes of Golden Crisp cereal. I like his voice a lot. So in this commercial, Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear! Is Sugar Bear, I feel like Sugar Bear just like harasses this granny. I don't feel like he's the protagonist in this. I feel like he's got problems. He just um, goes out the store to buy her food. And he's like, hey, she went to go. She, she's just left the market and Sugar Bear sees her. This is what's her name? Granny what? Goodwitch. Yeah. Granny Goodwitch. Uh, she pops out and he's just standing in front of the shop. And then she sees him and she freaks out. And she's like, oh, crap, this bear is going to take my food again. And she like uh, jumps on one of those little like 25 cent little rides that exists in front of shops. I haven't been in one in a long time because it's probably like a dollar now. She jumps on it and she gets transported or she transports herself into like Western times. She's, um, she's magic. Yeah, she, she transports. She's, she's magic. So the little ride, the little horsey ride turns into an actual horse. And Sugar Bear, of course, is also transported into this Western world. And she keeps running away from him, like using her magic wand to go onto train tracks. And Sugar Bear ruins it <laughs> and steals her food. Even she like lassos it into a loop-de-loop. Yeah, she's, she, she's on a track and then he loops it. And then she ends up dropping her cereal and it lands basically on Sugar Bear. And then he just steals her food. And then the end of the commercial is just a bunch of here. You can buy if you trade in some coins, you can buy some like sugar bear underwear. It looks like sugar bear <laughs> underwear um, or yeah, like a duffel bag with sugar bear and socks with sugar bear. Like if you really love sugar bear, Watch. there you go. A duffel bag. There's a lot of stuff that you can win with sugar bear. The horrible, horrible bear. He's a bad bear. <laughs> He's a bad bear. He's a bad bear. <laughs> Sorry, oh, it's not really loud there. 
He's a bad guy. Yeah. So, speaking of Sugar Bear and the cereal he wants to steal from everyone, its beginning origins are actually kind of a different cereal. In 1939, there was a man named Jim Rex, which is kind of a cool name. (laughs) He was a heating equipment salesman for Philadelphia. He saw his kids dousing their puff cereal, another boring cereal, with sugar. Mm. So kids from all times of the world have just been like, these things are boring. I'm just going to pour sugar all over it. So everyone did it. (laughs) Rex, he saw that the children were putting too much sugar in their cereal. So he wanted to tamper that down. And I guess he also wanted to make money. So he created some sort of thing where you could flash bake the cereal with honey and corn syrup. And it created like a, a honey glaze over it. And he called that Ranger Joe's Popped Wheat Honeys, spelled H-O-N-N-I-E-S. Honey. Honeys. (laughs) It was puffed wheat with a honey glaze, and it was the first widely distributed pre-sweetened cereal. But Post, like its founder, later took the formula and created Golden Crisp, which Kellogg also has a similar thing with Honey Smacks. Honey Smacks. Honey Smacks. That has yeah, that guy. Coffee. What's his name? Diggum the frog. Diggum. 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 I like right. oh man, I used so, to love Honey Smacks actually. Post took that uh, Ranger Joe's popped wheat honeys and they introduced theirs in 1948 as Happy Jacks. Happy Jacks. Then they called it Sugar Crisp. But it went through a few name changes. It went from Sugar Crisp to Super Sugar Crisp around 1967. To Super Golden Crisp in 1986. These feel like really dumb name changes. Like they're not really doing anything. And then finally to Golden Crisp in order to avoid the stigma of unhealthy sugary foods. A lot of cereals took out the word sugar from them. But it is still known as Sugar Crisp in Canada. But he's called Sugar Bear. (laughs) Well, you'd know Sugar Bear because he's sugar. Yeah, but isn't like if they want to get rid of the sugar stigma, couldn't they just be like his name's not Sugar Bear? His name's It is best known for it being loaded with sugar. That's why it's called Sugar Crisp. Right. In the nineteen okay. fifties, it was a second highest sugar content in a children's cereal, second only to Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, which they later called Honey Smacks and then Smacks. It was initially marketed as a health food, but the ad slogan was oddly for breakfast it's dandy, for snacks it's like candy. Ooh. And in 1975, their worst one was the Super Orange Crisp spinoff, which had a what? fruit-flavored orangeos in there for some reason. Yeah. It, <laughs> honey and orange. Honey orange. No, no, I guess no it's thank you. Bad. No, thank you. It was found to consist of 71% sugar content. And in 2008, it was found to have as much sugar as a glazed Dunkin' Donut. Jesus. So these things have always been loaded with sugar. So even though Joe, you- I'm, I'm always really surprised. I'm not that surprised anymore. But I think when initially I learned of this, always really surprised that any of these things are considered breakfast foods. Like, you know how donuts are kind of considered a breakfast food? How? How? That's a sweet. That's like dessert. Why are you eating it? Because all the advertising. It's the biz- sweetheart it's- of the corn. My word recently has been bizarre. And I feel like it, it suits in this scenario because it's bizarre. It's weird. So the advertising for Sugar Bear, it first started off Golden Crisp with three bears in the 1940s. Their names were Dandy, Handy, and Candy. Y'all. I'm Dandy. I'm Handy. I'm Candy. 
the ads said that for breakfast, it's dandy. For snacks, it's handy. Or you eat it like candy. They had comic so they, strips they, they, in the they, morning they, Sunday papers. So wait, they like legitimately said it's candy. Yeah. <gasps> it's like candy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, they had comic strips in the Sunday morning papers where they would try to get it cutely pile on top of each other or something. <laughs> they they look pretty cute, right? They're very cute. They're very adorable yeah, little bears. They, what do like, they look I, like? Like those children's books bears? Yeah, yeah. They look like golden book bears. Like yeah. they look like from that kind of period. They do not look like honey bear. Honey bear looks honey. Um, sugar, sugar bear. Sorry. Sugar bear looks like sugar bear looks like a scammer. Yeah, he's got sleepy eyes like you just don't care about nothing. And, stuff. and Ro- these little bears look like little sweethearts. Yeah, I liked them. That's why they featured in a comic strip. And even Rosemary Clooney had a song about them. That's weird. Handy dandy and candy. Why would she do that? <laughs> Probably because she was forced to. Oh, okay. All right. The host was like, here, sing it. I was like, why not? <laughs> they eventually Clearly whittled down the bears to one. Oh, did they kill the other bears? Yes. No. Aww. But in between the bears and Sugar Bear, there was a live action boy named Christopher Wheat. That's stupid. Like, similar <laughs> to the other commercials we've had, he came upon trouble, ate his superfood, and then saved the day. Superfood. Yeah, there's not much imagination when it comes to these kind of uh, yeah things. It's like Sunny, we're in a gym. Like, eat this food. Ooh. Yeah, they're just eating. Well, I guess that's the point. And Sugar Bear also kind of has the same similar thing in later incarnations. Mm-hmm. Sugar Bear, as we know him today, appeared in 1964. And the name on the sweater later appeared in the 1970s. He was voiced by Jerry Matthews for 40 years in wow. a laid-back Bing Crosby persona. It's like, hey, baby, bah, bah, bah. In 1964, he was featured in the Saturday morning children's cartoon, Linus the Lionhearted. Linus the Lionhearted was a lion mascot for several foods of the general food cereal, which was what Post Cereals was named at the time. Ah, uh, okay. Now inside our animal cereal, moose. The color of orange. We're in, we're in. We're in post crispy critters. Sugar Bear was probably the most famous Never one. They had like a racist little Asian boy for rice. Oh, dear. Patties or something and just a bunch of things. Uh, it featured big name actors at the time, like Bobby McFadden, who would play Snarf in 1980s Thundercats. Snarf. Jerry Stiller from the oh, wow. Variety Show and later on Seinfeld and the father of Ben Stiller. And Carl Reiner did some voices, too. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of voices. Father of Rob Reiner. The (laughs) show went on for two seasons, but it was banned by the FTC after the FTC banned half-hour advertisements. Because it was like, hey, look, buy all these sugar products. I kind of agree with that, but I also want to see, like, Sugar Bear in a show or something. Yeah, I kind of do, too. I get it. Uh, I think it's right for them to limit that type of stuff, but yeah. But in 1971, he also joined a band. There was a band called the Sugar Bears, which uh. sold on the cereal boxes. And they even released an album, and it got a number 51 hit. Wow, that's uh, okay. The group, the singers were Mike Settle of Kenny Rogers and the First Edition. Kenny Rogers Roasters? 
kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and who voiced Sugar Bear as singing, but he had a not a crooning deep voice. He had a different type of voice. And Kim Carnes was the female voice who she would go on 10 years later to the 1981 hit cover of Betty Davis Eyes. She had like a raspy voice. Betty Davis Eyes. Yeah. yeah. I know that song. <laughs> and like Christopher Wheat, he ate the food and he would fight trouble. Because in the 1980s, when it was called Super Golden Crisp, he would transform into Super Bear to advertise its vitamin content or something like that. Hmm. So he would be in the jungle. Then he ate some sugar crisp and he'd be super bear. He, like a really buff bear. And he'd punch like a lion or a, or a snake who was bugging someone or something. Time for delicious super sugar crisp, kids. Sugar my super golden crisp cereal with eight vitamins makes this nutritious breakfast really neat. Time for a vitamin pack punch. He was updated with the times. I remember a 1995 commercial where he's just wearing like a jacket with cool shoes and a purple shirt or something. He had a lot of enemies, but like this commercial, his longtime nemesis was Granny Goodwitch. She would just go about her day when Sugar Bear would just try to steal her food. The one I was just talking about, she she had like a full-on security measures and gadgets and everything. Sugar Bear is still just trying to get her yeah, food. Like it's, she it's, uses magic to get away, tries to get her food. And it's been like that since the 60s. Here comes that singing bear again to steal my post-Sugar Crisp cereal. This old commercial is Sugar Bear. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the drawing style of this Granny Goodwitch looks very much like a 60s cartoon. Kind of reminded me of like Looney Tunes. Like, hey, yeah. let me see. She looks stuff. a bit like the grandmother from there. From, from Speaking that. of the 1960s, in the 90s, she was voiced by June Foray, where a long time voice actress. That name sounds familiar. I think she quit in the 90s when she was 90 something years old before she died. She was oh, acting wow. even into then. She voiced many characters, probably one of her most famous was Rocky the Flying Squirrel in the 1960s uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And she also, in the 90s, voiced Magic at the Spell on DuckTales. Okay. But Sugar Bear is still around singing his cool catchphrase. That is based off the gospel song, Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. Just break, uh, <laughs> just break down the walls with your sugar crisp. <laughs> Fun fact, the walls of Jericho were taken down after sugar bear Joshua, <laughs> after Joshua ate some sugar crisp, super sugar crisp. All right. Well, that is our cool pal, Sugar Bear. No, I don't. He's not my pal. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a jerk who steals stuff, but he looks cool. So everybody likes him. Yeah, I guess. I just think he's a jerk. That poor witch. (laughs) Poor witch. I mean, she's a witch, right? Yeah, she's a witch. Why would her name be Granny Good Witch? She's not a witch. And she used magic in the commercial we just saw. Fine. I mean, she's a witch, but like she's not a bad witch. She's like Glinda the Good Witch. Whatever Enough of this witty banter, we will. Yeah, there's a real to. witty banter. This <laughs> we will now get on to ratings. <laughs> I 
All right. That was a cool ratings intro song. <laughs> now to the ratings. So your top three or my top three, which, which would you um, go first? Okay. Least favorite for me is Cornelius. There's not much to the commercial. It's just kind of, you know, Cornelius goes into like it's a pretty commercial i actually really like the the simplicity of the drawing itself it's all very light and pretty like the winter the snow looks really nice and yeah, i like that yeah. there's very little line art in it i felt pretty. like i watch this in like cbs yeah that's what i think cartoons too. or something that's really weird but yeah that's how i kind of feel about this one i like that there's like yeah these kind of like pretty those line art fido dido commercials yeah i i think they're very nice but it's just it's it's fine i mean it's not yeah, I mean, it's me. not overly memorable, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll go with this one too because it's just super basic. Yeah, that's it's all like, it is. Uh, nothing against all of it. them were like that. But yeah, I don't even mind it that much. It's a really good commercial. Just he pops out, puts on a scarf, screams, and the sun comes out. It's all yeah. nice and neat. Yeah, there were better ones, like I said, the librarian one, but this one was nice. Yeah, this one was all right. I'm okay with it. So for me, after that one, the second favorite is Sugar Bear. Me too. He's he's not tops because it's kind of a standard commercial. There's nothing there's nothing groundbreaking about it. Also, Sugar Bear is an awful bear. Like if Cornelius, the commercial wasn't so boring, this would have been the bottom of the barrel just based on how much of an a-hole Sugar Bear is. Um, <laughs> but because yeah. <laughs> because Cornelius was so like good. An- I would have figured she was like an evil witch. She's like, ha ha, I have it now. She just walked out of the store after paying for it. Yeah, like, like presumably hey, she paid for it. The fact that she walked out and wasn't like escaping because the yeah. idea is like if she was escaping, maybe she was stealing it. But the problem is, is that if she was escaping and stealing it and he was trying to steal it from her to eat it, he'd also be, you know, complicit in crime. So but it's like I look at superheroes and stuff. It's like fire versus ice, light versus dark, right? Bear versus a like lady, Batman or something. What is this? Why is <laughs> no, a bear this fighting is, an old there's, woman? There's definitely a history here that we've just not managed to uncover. There has to be because you can't just this can't just be. <laughs> like I can understand the the other ones in the 80s when he was fighting jungle animals or forest animals and stuff, but a bear fighting a jungle bear animals who's on <laughs> a bear who's beating up on an old lady. I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing's a bit messy. Okay, so that means number one. So for yeah, I I also like the Looney Tunes inspired look of it. This was before it went three D ish, but yeah, it really reminds me of a cool Looney Tunes short, and it's nice. Hmm. Yeah, and number one. So number one for me, obviously, is Hushville, and I think this one has a lot going for it for a few reasons, but it's different because it was specifically crafted to be different from the standard fare of the Cocoa Puffs commercials, yeah. which the Cocoa, Puff, was right. the Cocoa Puffs commercials are really similar to any other, like, you know, zany mascot for food stuff for children. Yeah. So this one really stands out and it's a two parter. So it feels like I'm actually watching a cartoon. And I think that's what makes it a really fun and enjoyable yeah. commercial. So and even have a third part continuation. Yeah, him doing the whole that series. Yeah, it's cool. A series. I was invested so, more in this commercial than the food. <laughs> yeah, and it, this one I remember quite clearly. So this one's a really good commercial. I think and we had this in one of our taped VHS tapes in 1989 that just kept replaying it. Is this from 1989? 
Yeah. No way. <gasps> no way. Okay. Sorry. I thought this was like. So, uh, yeah. Jeez. This one's my favorite. Like I've been saying, it's a whole story. Greg Victor did a good job by saying, hey, look at this. We got to put a whole storyline in here instead of just him going crazy over it. Okay. <laughs> Let's go on to so. the quick lightning round questions. They have to be quick. Well, one question I have. Which cereal would you buy? <laughs> Yeah, from, from watching, commercials. Buy from watching the commercials. Uh, quick, quick, quick. I'll go with uh, Coco Posto as well because it still pushes how really, really good it is that this guy, he didn't like it. And now he likes it. Yeah, I think Coco Puffs as well because it really shows the Coco Puffs in the second half of the commercial, which I really like. They look really the other ones like are, a really nice cereal. Yeah, the other ones are just. And I don't even like Coco Puffs. If I like it. That's one of my favorites. Genuinely. Okay, which is your favorite of the cereals here? Uh, Cocoa Puffs. I mean, lightning I round eat, question. Like, days of sugar crisp or honey smacks, but I like Cocoa Puffs the best, even though it scraped the top of my uh, mouth. Yeah, I I think my favorite is the Golden Crisp. Well, I like Not honey smacks. Bland, boring cornflakes. Like nowadays, given my age, I'd probably go for the cornflakes. Yeah, like they're just what it's really strange. Obviously, your palate changes, but I feel like I like just eating bland food sometimes. Just yeah, I remember when crunchy I was a kid. bland food, and that remember, just hits the mark. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I really liked sugar. Then when I was around a teenager, I ate some vegetables with rice. And I was like, this is really good, and I was like, I wouldn't like this five years ago. Yeah, there's just some kind of like evolution in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> where you really just appreciate stuff and you like lose that. So, all sense of taste is like, eh. I wouldn't say that cornflakes is my top cereal, but of the mm. ones, if if they were on the shelf right now, like realistically, I would probably get cornflakes. I would not get Sugar Bear or Cocoa Puffs. So for um, me, but Sugar Puffs is tops for me anyway. Like, so for me, I would say, yeah, Cocoa Puffs. I have three quickish, hopefully, lightning round questions. Go. Favorite mascot of these ooh um ooh ooh um sugar bear <laughs> i'd say sugar bear too even though he's a jerk he's, he still has yeah. this cool aura sonny's yeah. just too extreme for me yeah sonny's too much for me and cornelius just a and cornelius doesn't cornelius. really do anything yeah sugar uh, who's bear. cooler cornelius or sugar bear with that jazz voice I guess oh, Sugar Bear is still cool. Sugar Bear is the coolest. I feel like Cornelius. <laughs> I feel like Cornelius okay. is cool uh, too, but yeah. Yeah. So, and your favorite failed mascots are these Gramps, the bears or the kids or Christopher Wee. Oh, the little bears. They're adorable. They're the cutest little things in the world. I'd go with Gramps because they're, uh, he's a little more fleshed out than cute bears. But they're cute, cute bears, bears cool. though. <sighs> Whatever, man. Uh, they're cute bears. You don't What's know what you're talking about. Song? What's your there's favorite a, catchphrase? There's a, oh, what are the catchphrases? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs or can't get enough of that Golden Crisp. Oh, okay. Um, ooh, I think can't get enough of that Golden Crisp. Man, Sugar Bear is running away with all Sugar, Yeah, I know. Sugar Bear is really winning, even though I hate <laughs> him. <laughs> and the last one of the three commercials we watched, Final Products. Would you rather have your clear magnetic notepad, a phone in your room, ooh. or... A uh, duffel bag, underwear, whatever. Jesus, that's annoying. Sugar bear. Sugar bear. <laughs> I was hey, going to go bear. for the, the magnetic notepad. So actually, I don't think we mentioned that in the Cocoa Puffs commercial at the end. They say you can win a little like magnetic pad where you can write on it. And then if you lift the yeah. magnet, it'll disappear. That, 
that's what's sunny. It's and like Magna right Doodle to each other. Yeah, but I probably want the Sugar Bear underwear or a duffel bag. It's so much more useful. <laughs> you know what I realized? F you, Sugar the, Bear. The second one in the Cocoa Puffs Hushville was like a radio ad. Okay, it's like a play-by-play. Now he's handing it over. Now he's writing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's wow. it's done in this kind of like sport way. It's kind of it's weird. Like, uh, an excitable uh, soccer football announcer. Good bull. So, of all these, Sugar Bear is apparently the best, even though he's the worst. Yeah, really. Sugar Bear really just he, he ran away with it, as you said. So and he that's, did it. That's crappy. I'm just being a laid back jerk. Stupid all right, Sugar Bear. Well, I bad Sugar Bear. <laughs> bad Sugar. I kind of enjoyed this episode a lot. <laughs> yeah, this one was fun. So, right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you love cereal, then tell us. Tell us what cereal you love. Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of messing around right now. Yeah, if, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Make sure to subscribe on welcome whatever Welcome at the pod- end. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> welcome and goodbye. Make sure that you subscribe to us and share us with your friends. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Retroad Review, so you can contact us there with any of your questions, comments, or concerns. We'll listen and we'll be back again with a new series of commercials to break it down to to look at. So what will it be? Who knows? Could be more cereal. There's too many cereal commercials. So we're definitely going to cover cereal again at some point. Yeah. All right. And that is it. So thanks for listening. That was fun. And bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Can't get enough of that golden crisp. It's Bob Goldberg, 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 Goldberg.